the most competitive guy. I, I mean, I would throw on Michael Jordan, Isaiah Thomas, oh yeah, Kobe Bryant. It's basketball. It can't be, you know, you, you can't overthink it. Welcome back, everybody. This is Terry Foster from his backyard, and the leaves are still not uh, turning yellow and brown and red and everything. There's still a, a nice bright green here, here at the fall. Uh, I have a critical question for my NBA star, Jimmy King. You there, brother, from Texas? All right, let me get, let me give you my background. That that you're on mute again, dude. What? Will you get it together? Now, can you hear me now? Yeah, now I can hear you. All right. All right. Back yes, I'm ready. Day, all right. Back in the day when I was covering the NBA, I mean, you had heated rivalries. These dudes hated each other. I'm talking about Pistons and Celtics, uh, the Miami Heat, then New York Knicks. You had Pistons and Bulls. And here's one that was a little bit under the radar, Pistons and the Milwaukee Bucks. Because mm-hmm. both teams had really good three guard rotations, mm-hmm. they all thought they were the best in the league, and it, it got kind of heated a little bit when the Pistons played the Milwaukee Bucks. But no one remembers that because Milwaukee didn't amount to much. Um, today, I look at it and it's just dudes playing ball, and they're trying hard. I grant you that. Uh, but are there any rivalries? Are there any players that are pissed at each other? except for supposedly Jimmy Butler and whoever his current teammates are. Um, no. It just seems different now. Yeah. It's different because the rivalry would seemingly be player to player now, not franchise to franchise. Like right now, if this generation, in my opinion, the L.A. Celtic lore would be – like phenomenal back in the eighties or nineties or just in name, but this year it may not be as great of a competition or a battle as Denver and Miami who are two smaller markets, but have great players, great individuals. We're used to, or we're conditioned to following the superstar uh, in, in the NBA. And lately um, the past 10 years in the NBA, more superstars have tr- changed teams and traded teams uh, than ever before. Um, not just great players, not just, you know, players that we know, but the superstars, LeBron James, the uh, uh, Kevin um, Durant's and, uh, you know, James Harden's. And, you know, it seems like everybody now we're looking at um, Giannis Antetokounmpo possibly leaving Milwaukee and coming to LA. So, you know, it's it's just a different time. And I remember those Pistons, Milwaukee, Sydney Moncrief, Terry Cummings, uh, you know, those battles back in the day and, and, and the fights, you know, guys were scrapping. Um, when the Pistons played uh MJ and the Bulls, you know, they were snatching them out the out the air and crumpling him in the paint. Uh <laughs> ironically, just yesterday. I put up a picture or I found a picture of Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars stepping over and running over um, MJ, Michael Jordan, to get a basketball. And I remember watching that game as a kid 
And I was like, these guys are tenacious. I love it. Like, they don't care who it is. They're going to go out. They're going to fight, scratch, and claw for any victory. And just to show you that um, how much of a fan, like, here it is. I don't know if you can see that picture. I don't know if you can really see that, but that's the picture of them stepping over. That's it, yep. Yep. Uh, somebody doesn't knock? I know he's like, ah, how come somebody doesn't knock LeBron James on his ass, stand over him and say, bitch, I dare you to get up? Because back in the day, that hard foul was just a hard foul. Now it's a flagrant run, uh, one. You may get ejected. <laughs> You're going okay, to get yeah. fined. Yeah, but it, so, you know, it doesn't kill you. Know, you like these guys grew up together too like back in the day guys you know they played together um they knew of each other we knew of each other but when we came together we were trying to snatch your head off these guys like they compete or you know they they play the game like you say but um i don't think there's no real hatred there a lot of them you know they're like family friends they go out with each other's families and uh, their wives and kids and you know they and, go and family. Wives. It was totally different. Jimmy, you forgot one thing, and date their wives too. <laughs> Look, you start so messy. <laughs> you start you know so messy. That's something else for another day. That is not today's topic. Tell me, tell me, it doesn't happen. Unfortunately, sometimes it happens. It does. You just got to know. You got to know who you're dealing with, and that lets you know something, right? You got to get you. A, right. You got to get you a girl who's down for you, and you got to okay. have some teammates and friends who are who wouldn't play you like that. So, are you saying officially the NBA rivalry is dead? There will be no rivals, or it's going to be a while before we see it again. Right now, currently, I cannot think of two teams that hate each other. Right now, that is dead. And we, you know what? We could have had it, except your Clippers yeah. choked. Yes. Lakers, Clippers, yes. yes. Western Conference I don't think they they did choke. They were up 3-1. You got to close that out. <laughs> you got to close it out. That's a, that's a choke job. I hate to say it. Although they were tired. Uh, my eye is now turning towards Paul George. He didn't show me anything. Um, I thought he was going to be the X factor. I thought this was going to be the year that he actually stepped up and, and proved that he is playoff P or whatever. But, um, you know, I, it's the first year. Um, you know, there's a lot of free agency going on in that locker room with that organization. So, it's going to be some shakeups. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But I, I still believe in Kawhi. Um, and I think that this year he he settled with – because I think he believed that he had more help. But I think if he becomes the uh, the focal point, the go-to guy again, um, and then everybody else can shake out. And I think Paul will, will be more comfortable um, playing uh, – a second role, second tier role versus being the man. 
Well, he can't play a second-tier role on that team. He has to be the man. Do you know why I feel comfortable blowing my nose with this tissue right here? Because it's just like Paul George. (laughs) Nice and soft. I keep hearing how great Paul George is. I just don't see it. I see it sometimes, but he's definitely not consistent. He's definitely not a guy that you want to ride or you can ride. He's just kind of like this tissue, nice and soft. <laughs> and, and my nose hey, is that, not. That's not, that's not the, you don't uh, have lotion in that tissue, do you? You know, they, they well, got the tissue that comes with. If I had lotion, because it'd be, it'd be really soft. But um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to think. We could have had a rivalry with the Clippers and Lakers if the Clippers had made it to the Western Conference Finals. You know, that would have gotten heated. But, you know, you look at the top teams, I think something could happen in Portland uh, because their guard, both of their guards are kind of crazy. And they could – I could see them snatching somebody out the air and saying, you know, we're the small market team. We don't get respect. We, we're demanding it right here, whether they're playing Houston or the Lakers or the Clippers or something. I could see that down the road. But, you know, I just keep, keep looking at this league, and, you know, it's just maybe, maybe snatching people out there was wrong. Maybe being physical was wrong. But you know what? I miss it. I like it. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. And you could see – People really care. I'm not sure if they really care. Well, I think the Heat play hard. I think they they have a semblance of yesterday's game where, you know, they they do their best to be physical um, to the best of the degree that they can. Again, I've seen calls uh, today um, in, in today's NBA that, would just be a regular, normal foul. No one would bat an eye. Um, to play would, would continue. No ejections. No running to the monitors. But it's 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 just a different day of era. Um, it is what it is. And and the only way that I see it changing or going back is is you if if it is taken up on the players if they if there is some bad blood between some players. And then it permeates in the locker room and through the team. That's the only way I see it coming back. If you got a dog like Isaiah Thomas who commanded the locker room and say, hey, look, you know, we don't give a a, a, a damn about these other players or the other team. It's just us in here. And we're going to go out there and fight, scratch a claw. Um, you know, I can see that happening. But the mentality of of – today's player and and how they grow up together today they they've been friends for years they play aau ball together they travel together you know before they even reach uh college even um and then they may spend a year or two in college and then you know it's the same thing in the pros it's just at that point they they have would have been um competing or friends for 10 years at that point so it's just difficult unless you just got a guy 
that that's cut a little bit differently and uh, bring mm-hmm. some of that sauce and some of that um, angst back into into the locker room, into the into the you know the NBA lore, it's not going to happen. It's going the opposite way. Right. Well, let, let me be clear on something. Even in the 80s and 90s, it wasn't all hatred because uh, after games, I would always see opponents send their shoes over to Isaiah Thomas or Joe Dumars. Can you sign? Uh, they would sign shoes and send them to Joe and Isaiah or a lamb beer sometimes. And then they would mm-hmm. want shoes back. So they would, they had this little shoe exchange after games to sign them and they did collecting whatever they did with them. So there was a camaraderie even back then. But now and then you would just get dudes to just go off on somebody because he just didn't like them. And then if he went off in a game in September, or not in September, but in October, November, when they met again in March, that was going to carry over and there was going to be some type of residual thing. But, um, yeah, I kind of missed that. Loved it. But even back then, we saw dudes being nice to each other. Well, it was in it, because it was in the spirit. It wasn't mean spirited. It was in the spirit of the game, and mm-hmm. you know, it was the playground mentality. You bring it up, like because nobody wanted to play with the nice guy. The nice guy sat on the side, and you may watch everybody else play the whole day. Like if you got an opportunity to get on the court. You had to hold the court down all day or you didn't get a chance to play again. So there was a lot of beef on that court. There was a lot of fighting. There was, <laughs> And don't let mm-hmm. it be game point. Don't let it be whatever you're going to. If you're going to seven and it's six up or if you're going to 11 and it's 10 up, don't let it be game point. And, and uh, you, you cannot be the guy to give up the basket. And that's kind of where you know, that fighting spirit and mentality comes from. I don't see that today. The guys don't play pickup games like that. I haven't seen a game like that since I played with a pickup game where it was do or die. You go fight it out for that last right. point. Right. I, I tell you, um, Dennis Rodman, who, you know, I've talked to a lot over the years, was very frustrated. What teammate do you think that Dennis Rodman was really frustrated with playing with throughout his career? What's the one guy Scottie that you kind of, huh? Scotty Pippen. Now, him, him and Scotty didn't like each other. That was more than just frustrated with. They didn't like each other. So they didn't even talk to each other when they were on there. But it was this one guy that he would just look at and say, talented dude, but I can't, I'm not down with him. Not that he hated him. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you, David Robinson. David Robinson's uh-huh. very talented guy, seven foot guy. Uh, but too nice. Too nice. Dennis, you know, he went to San Antonio. Obviously, he mucked it up, but he wanted David Robinson to get dirty sometimes. You know, David mm-hmm. would give you a little 20 points and his eight or nine boards, and he would be fluent and he would be nice. But when it was time to fight, David wasn't there. And, and there. Dennis was like, oh, we, we got to do this. Mm hmm. Yep, and, 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 and see, you 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 have to know that your teammate has your back. You don't want to go into a battle or to a war, you know, when your brother or your teammate or you feel as if they don't, you know, they're not going to have your back. So, you know, that kind of takes a little bit edge off of you. 
you know, you, you're going to be a little bit more cautious to, you know, to give it your all or to go out for them when you know that, you know, they may be a little bit soft or unwilling to muck it up. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I can see that. I, I, I fortunately didn't play with a lot of players who uh, weren't afraid to go to go to war, but the ones who uh, were quote unquote too soft didn't last long. Was there somebody that you played against besides Bobby Hurley at Duke that you wanted to fight that you just couldn't stand <laughs> him? Every time you played him, it was like, man, here's this motherfucker. I gotta go against him again. Somebody did you just want to pop right in the mouth uh, besides Bobby <laughs> Hurley? <laughs> um, um let me think let me think there um eric snow eric snow was one although he's my good, good friend but you know I it was tired i couldn't stand him i couldn't stand the way he played it bothered me i was like there's nothing special about this guy he can't shoot he could barely dribble he goes 100 <laughs> miles an hour one way He's not a great defender, so I, you know, he he bothered me as a player, but he was a great player <laughs> and even better person. He was a great player, but he wasn't a great player at the same time. Right. Well, he had all he these did, flaws, but he was nothing about that. He, he did what was needed. He did what he played his role, and he did it better than anybody. He. You know, I, I can arguably say that talent-wise, he's one of the least talented players to ever play in the NBA. But he played; he had a great career. Right. Plus, in college, you just don't know. I remember in college, um, I compare these two guys, Sean Respert and Michael Finley, who was at Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Sean Respert in college used to kill Michael Finley. Mm -hmm. I mean, who was his boy? Michael Finley went and had a, a nice NBA career, and Sean yep. Respert didn't. I could never figure that one out. But the game, the college game is different than the pro game. In the college game, you can you can disguise and you know, it's it's, it's the same. It's just like um um oh my gosh, the guard for Indiana, uh Damon Bailey. Damon Bailey was a uh a great college player. Um, but it didn't translate into the NBA. You could run a guy off three, four screens and, you know, hide him in defensive, defensively on the other end, but in the pros, you can't do that. It's more of a wide-open game. And, well, you, you, and, so you're being nice to, nice to Damon, uh, to, to, to him, Damon Bailey. They'll run him off 12 screens in a game. Forget the three <laughs> or four screens. They run him off 12 screens until he got open because he couldn't create yeah, his they, own they, shot. Correct. Correct. And it's the same, like, you know, Sean, my brother, is a great, great friend of mine, um, known him for years, uh, much respect. But he was more of a shooter, quote unquote, standstill shooter. And then Michael Finley was more of a slasher creator. So when you go from college to the pros, Michael Finley's game, in my opinion, translated more um, to that style of play. But that doesn't mean that he's a better player or Sean wasn't the player um, that he was. It's just if he would have got with the right system that used him the correct way, it would have worked out the same way. But again, it's just 
what team you go for, what college you play for, how they're schemed. And then when you're drafted, if you're drafted, who you go to and how they use your talents and and, and exploit um, or, or build you up through your professional career. So it's a lot of factors that go into it. It's not it's not easy um, as it seems. It's not just like a simple plug and play. Right. Now, who are the assholes in the NBA now? Um, I, I tell you, some guys. Marcus Cousins. Yeah, he is. But I will say this. I saw him on this uh, show called Tanked because they uh, they built a uh, fish tank in his house. DeMarcus Cousins was the nicest guy that they ever had on there. Just very cordial. Of course, they were building something for him. He seemed like a likable guy. And I bet he is. Uh, And I I bet he is. And and, and see, I love that you say that because he can be an a-hole on the court and be nice. Mm -hmm. What I tell kids and teach kids is you can have an alter ego. You could come off the court. You could be a nice guy, be a nice person, be mannerable, be a good citizen, you know, um, and and, and be soft-spoken off the court. But on the court, you could chew through metal. You could slap your mama. You could do whatever on the court, right? So yeah. that that's the mentality that you have to have. You have to be able to focus and, and, and bring that type of mentality to the game. Um, you know, there's a lot of people like that 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 are just uh, monsters on the court or on the field, but very soft-spoken and uh, uh, have a very uh, low-key demeanor off. You know, it was like that NFL, uh, not, not NFL, but NHL enforcers, because basically what an NHL enforcer does is if you mess with my star player, I'm about to kick your ass. And they would fight just about, you know, every other game or every third game. Off the ice, nicest guys in the world. And let me tell you, some mm-hmm. of the uh, enforcers that I knew, do named Terry Crowley, Darren McCarty, um, mm-hmm. who else? Um, Joey Coser, all played for the Wings. They, their job yeah. was to kick your ass. And then off the floor, hey, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Want a beer? You got some Canadian beer? Mm-hmm. Come on over here. Let's hang out. And just the nicest guys in the world, but you got to shut that on and shut that off. And I was pretty amazed by their absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> it's it's uh, it's a role, and the the ones who play it, I love it because they they're the ones who truly uh, embody or represent the going all out for your teammate. Um, you know, a lot of them are even more talented than maybe the star that they're protecting um, Some in some cases, but that is their role. Um, so, you know, I can I can absolutely get with that. I, I remember when I first got with the Pistons and the first, well, one of the games I played against um, um, uh, Rick Mahorn. He said uh-huh. a pick on me so hard. He said a pick on me <laughs> so hard, man. Where I swear my I swear my soul left my body. So I I I turned around and I said, "Hey, if you if you do that to me, you said a pick like that one more time, we're not playing basketball no more. Like the game is over." So because Rick was crazy too, man. Oh, I know, I, I know, but 
but but but after that, of course, he didn't stop. But after that, he always wanted we we played on the same team because he respect mm-hmm. that I had backed down from everybody else was scared of him. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm from the SBI. We don't play that. What the hell is the SBI? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Only people from around the way know. I'm from South Bend, Indiana. Oh, bitch, shut up. Everybody, South Bend is everybody, nice, think, everybody thinks South, South Bend is nice. I challenge you. The only thing nice about South Bend is Notre Dame. You step outside them gates, you don't know what time it is. I've been to South Bend. I've been off of the campus of Notre Dame. Get out of here with this South Bend shit, man. Nobody's scared of South Bend. <laughs> <laughs> I could have even hey, I could have even with you said fourth words. You need bodyguards to come through South Bend. No, no, no. This is South Bend. This is not Gary, Indiana. Okay? <laughs> That's not my even sister Indiana. City. <laughs> <laughs> you lost me there, man. Alright, well, have a nice weekend. And uh, in fact, you know, I might, I might take my, my next vacation to South Bend since I'm not allowed to fly. So maybe I'll go down there and have a good time and hang out with, you know, at the club and everything and something this with all the nice people Let's in South Bend. Okay. All right, man. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, good talking to you again. No rivalries in the NBA. Too, too bad. Hi, this is King and Foster. I'm Terry Foster here from the backyard of NRMStreamcast.com. Everybody be good. Check us out. We're here. Peace.